empty Who would care that much about me Let me tell you about my Jesus Oh, He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that He can't say Let me tell you about my Jesus I believe 
Close your eyes for one second and just think about what we're singing about. The angels surrounding the throne and just crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Over and over and over again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And as we take that posture of praise this morning, holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, God Almighty. And just being in his presence changes my heart, changes my mind. Where all I, all I do is just focus on you, God. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. We praise you and we worship you this morning, God, for who you are worship you, Jesus. Praise your name right now. I thank you for being in this place. And you are holy. And you love us so much, God. Every single person in this room and at the sound of my voice watching online, you love them, Father. And Lord, you want relationship with all of us draw us close to you this morning, God. Do what you want to do in this place, and we'll give you the praise and the glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen, amen. Turn around and wave to a few people before you're seated, and tell them God is good. God is good. Did you wave to a few people and let them know that? I was watching. Got some meetings set up for this week with some of you. You don't want to listen. Woo-wee! Every chance you get to worship the Lord, you should do it like it's the last time you'll get to do it here on earth. Because then the blink of an eye... We're before his throne singing holy, 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 holy. And we're going to be doing it all the time, every single day, every minute of the day. Mm. Love the Lord. I'm going to do a few announcements before I get started this morning with this shovel.
you noticed it. But I want to welcome everybody this morning, all of our first-time guests. If you're a first-time guest, would you throw your hand up real quick? Anybody in here? Oh, oh. Was there some? If not, church, I'm challenging you. How many of you are excited about the direction the church is headed? I said that was a strong 62%. All right? I am excited about where God's leading, what God's going to be doing, what he's already doing in this place, and the, and the change in the atmosphere, and just uh, what I feel that he has in store for us. I'm excited about that, which in turn makes me want to invite others to be a part of what's about to happen in Orchardville Church. Now, if you're excited as well, through the week, you will be telling people, Man, the Lord is moving. He's doing things, and we're excited about what's happening. Come be a part of it, right? Every week. You're going to take weeks off. Rick, I did that back in January. I'll hit you again next January. No, every week, telling somebody about the goodness of the Lord and that you'd like them to be a part of it. If they don't have a home church, come out to Orchardville. We've got great things for our kids, for our youth, for our adults, for everyone. And God's doing a great thing. Okay? So invite people. Now, if I'm telling you that, and I've been convicted of it lately, then I should be doing it as well, correct? I invited 25 people yesterday to come to church, and I don't know if any of them are here. But I want what's going inside of here to happen in everybody else that I run into also. And one gentleman said, why don't you just give up on me that I invited? And I said, all caps, never. And he didn't respond. And then I said, I've seen the goodness of the Lord in you and you know what it is, so he's not giving up on you either. And I'm gonna keep inviting people until they punch me in the face or something and tell me to stop. And then I'll still invite them because we're supposed to get persecuted and stuff. So I encourage you guys to get on the phones, get, call some people up, interact with people, invite them to church. You know, we can look around and see the empty seats and get discouraged, but I look around and I see them full. Because I believe God will bring those people in as we leave the building and tell people about the goodness of the Lord. It's not going to just happen. It takes some effort on our part to, to witness, to share about God's love and what he's doing in our lives. So with that, I welcome all of our first-time guests, everybody watching online. If you are a first-time guest, just fill out that card in the seat in front of you. Turn it in at the welcome desk. We have a gift for you. Also in the lobby, you might have noticed the baby bottles on the table out there. That's with Compassion Pregnancy Center, one of the missions that we support in Fairfield. So we want you to pick up a bottle, fill it with some change or some cash or a check, and then bring it back by Sunday, September 5th, and we'll get that turned into them over there. Also, our Oasis meal is a week from tomorrow. Oasis is back after taking the summer off. Yeah. Good food. And they're having tacos August 9th at noon. So bring a side dish or dessert to share. And 55 and older, come on out and be a part of some great food and some great fellowship. Um, also, back to school bash. I know, kids. It's coming. Back to school. We are going to have a little get-together for you. This may be the week after school starts, but it's August 18th on a Wednesday night, and this is church-wide. We want you all to come back and be a part of what we're going to be doing out back. 6 to 8.30, we've got some games planned, some food planned for everyone. So be here, back to school bash, August 18th. That's a Wednesday night, 6 to 8.30. And also, our tithes and offerings, still taking those up at the welcome desk. We thank you for your faithfulness and obedience in giving. So let's pray before we get started this morning. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you that we can walk, that we can breathe, that we can be a part of this fellowship here at Orchardville Church. And God, I'm asking right now for you to bless and have your hand upon everything we do. Lead us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us follow what you would have for us as a church, God. I thank you for the opportunity to give and be obedient in that, Father. We just ask that you bless it and you multiply it for us to further your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. We did just come out of church camp, as Carlin mentioned, uh, for all of you that had a part in that, and that includes you, Orchardville Church, because we give scholarships away to people also, um, and everything we do at camp flows from your heart, my heart, for these kids, and when we had high school camp this week, it was phenomenal, it was powerful, and all through the week, and it happens every Sunday that we come in here, the enemy tries to disrupt what God wants to do. 
I mean, everybody brings different things in here. Everybody's dealing with different things, but also there's battles going on that we don't recognize, that we don't see. And all through camp, there was this just spiritual battle of the enemy trying to keep us from getting where God wanted us. And we saw that break through the week in different groups and different people. Uh, we had two people saved through the camp this past week. A lot of rededications also and a lot of things, you know, he, he talked about, our speaker did, how we always take something away from camp because it's, it blessed us and it's a blessing to us, but he talked about leaving something at camp and, and just one thing, a lot of the teens were to write down and leave it at the altar and not pick it up again and reading through those cards, our teens are dealing with so, so much from pornography to addiction to abuse you can read through those and just start weeping. And it tells me a couple things that they're up against it. The enemy is trying to destroy them. And it also tells me as parents and grandparents and family members and as a church, you need to pour into your kids. Amen. It starts at home. And you have to invest in them. You have to know what's going on. Um, you have to share this with them. You have to love on them because they are dealing with a lot. But... I wanted to thank all of our volunteers and kitchen help and everybody that had a part in, in helping at camp this summer. We pulled off all three of them. We got them done. We got them in and God is good. And it was awesome. It was a powerful time. So everybody, we thank you for that. And my last thing before I start is uh, small groups will be starting this month. You should be hearing from your group leader this week. So we're excited about those getting going. I'm in charge of the cornhole uh, fellowship night, and that's going to be fun. I think we've got close to 20 people signed up to come play some cornhole here at the church. So I'm either going to have to build some more boards or some people are going to have to bring them out with them, but we're going to play and have a good time. And again, all the leaders should be getting in touch with you this week about when you're going to meet and what time and what that's going to look like. All right. Through all of that, grab a shovel. It's time to dig. You're like, I have no idea what that means. Well, we're going to find out this morning. Grab a shovel. It's time to... Did anybody bring one besides me today? Okay. Just, you never know when you're going to need it. So I want to keep one of those in your trunk. Second Kings chapter three is where we're going to be this morning. Second Kings chapter three, verses nine through 18. And before we get into the scripture this morning, I want you to know that God is able to take care of every problem you bring to him. Well, I thought we might get a few more, but God is able to take care of every problem you bring to him. Amen. Whatever you're facing may be big to you, but is nothing that is impossible for God, okay? And a lot of us, we have no trouble going to God when there's nowhere else to turn and we need this miracle, but when times are good, it can be easy for us to make decisions on our own without giving God even a thought, Everything's going well, everything's going great, and we don't even think about God in those moments until, oh no, something bad happens, and I'm gonna come, come to you, God. And there's a lot of examples in the Bible that talks about this. When someone leaves God out of the picture, when they leave God out of their life, and we're gonna look at one of those this morning in this passage of scripture that demonstrates how important it is to seek God, to listen to his voice and choose his way in the good times and the bad. Both, that we're seeking him in those. So let's read through this. 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. It says, So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And they marched on that roundabout route seven days, and there was no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that way we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Verse 13, then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. 
And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played and the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley will be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Grab a shovel, it's time to dig. Three kings in this story have banded together to 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 do the surprise attack on the Moabites. And their strategy was to, to lead their combined armies through the desert and attack Moab where an attack would least be expected. That's their plan. That's what they're going to do. And this path that they choose probably made sense from this military perspective because they wanted to surprise them. They weren't going to be expecting it. But what they didn't consider was the desert was 80 miles across. And it led them away from the water and into trouble. And soon the animals were dying and the men and everyone, human lives were threatened because of the lack of water. So they got themselves in this mess. And the only thing that can save them in this moment is a miracle. Jehoshaphat, the godly king of Judah, recognized this. And he urged the other kings, seek God's direction in this. And from the, let's do it from the prophet Elisha. And he says, Elijah says to him, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. So Elisha, he's not really impressed with Jehoram, the king of Israel. He was, he was the son of the ungodly king Ahab. And while he had put away his father's god Baal, he had not embraced God. So basically what Elisha says to him is, is in the good times, you weren't seeking God. But now that times are bad, you're crying to him for help. Sounds like some people I know. Sounds like myself at times. That through the good times, I don't really give God much thought because everything's wonderful and everything's great. But when things get hard in my life and I get difficult circumstances that come up against me, whatever that may be, all of a sudden I want to seek God all the time. Now, I, th I believe God listens to us and he hears us, but there's something wrong with that when we don't want to acknowledge God 24-7 only in the times when we need something. And that's what they're doing here. And he's telling them, in the good times, you weren't seeking God, but now that times are bad, you're crying out to him? And this, this big problem that they got themselves into was not, this was not just because of poor planning, because Elisha was with them all, the whole time. Anytime they could have sought God's wisdom and guidance in this and figured this thing out, but they hadn't. If someone had thought to ask God, they wouldn't have been in this situation. They would ask, hey, how should we do this? What should we do? How do we go about this? But they did not even think about that. And then their plan is obviously, it comes to a place where it's not working. So Jehoram was quick to blame God instead of taking responsibility for not consulting him. Again, sounds like myself, sounds like us, that we blame God when something doesn't work out, when really we maybe made a bad decision and we didn't seek him in the first place. It's your fault that I didn't seek you. It's your fault that I didn't come to you first before I made that decision to do this or to do that. But it's not his fault at all. It's ours for not seeking what he would want us to do. It's ours for seeking our will sometimes instead of his will. You know, a lot of times we use that as a cop-out. I feel like God told me to do this. And we'll just, we'll use that all the time. Boyfriends, girlfriends do that all the time. God told me to break up with you. <laughs> I hear it in the youth group all the time. I used it when I was a teen. I feel like God told me to break up with you. It's not you, it's me. But we use that so much and we didn't hear anything from God. We just wanted to get out of whatever it was. Or we wanted to do whatever we wanted to do. But nevertheless, Elisha delivered God's word to them. And the very first thing he says to them before he hears from the Lord is, I love this, I love this, I love this. As someone who loves worship, who loves to, to press in, he says, bring me a musician. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's what you want right now? Bring me a praiser. Bring me a worshiper. Bring him here. And he wanted to bring the praise and worship before the Lord first so that in turn he could hear from God. 
There's something to be said about why we start our services with praise and worship. You understand that? That is why we do this. We want to give glory and honor and worship to the Lord. So in turn, his presence, what does it say in Psalm 22, 3? His presence, God's, uh, our praises, God inhabits the praises of his people. So as we praise, as we worship from that 1005 to 1024, whatever it is, as we do that, God cannot resist showing up in the midst of our congregation and coming down and bringing his presence in here to start changing things in the room for us to be able to hear his word, for us to be able to be led by what his Holy Spirit wants to do in the service. He inhabits the praises of his people. Every time we shout, somebody was shouting over here. Glory to God. Whatever's in here and God's doing something, let it out. Man, we don't have to be reserved. We don't have to be proper in our worship all the time. Again, our praise is irresistible to God. And as soon as he hears us call his name, he's ready to answer us. He's ready to show up in the midst of Orchardville church service. He's ready to answer us. He's, every time we sing, every time we lift up our hands, every time I cry out, Jesus, Lord, we love you. He's like Rick Hayes right there. Kathy Sutton, Debbie Reed, they're worshiping me. I see that. I'm going down to be a part of it. That's how I, that's how I feel when I worship that God sees it and it's a sweet aroma to him and he comes down and he's right in the midst of us. That's what makes somebody just start weeping during worship because the overwhelming presence of the Lord is in this place. That's what made a girl in camp just start crying uncontrollably and weeping as we worship. She had her hand up and I looked over and I think God let me see it because it was a beautiful thing. And she just starts weeping as we're singing a song, as we're worshiping, and she falls to her knees and just crying out to the Lord. And that's okay. That's a good thing to worship and respond to his presence in this place. Every time we cry out our songs of praise, his presence comes in like a flood. And there's no need for some of us in here to put up a wall to try to block it. Let it go. Worship. Worship. It's our responsibility to praise so that God's presence can manifest in this place. And his presence is what changes things. My praise, my worship might be the release for someone else that's in here dealing with something. Keep that in mind as we worship. So we ask for a musician. Grab a shovel. It's about time to dig. Verses 16 through 18, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter. This is easy. In the sight of the Lord, he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. To me, to us, our human minds, Giving them water in the desert without making it rain does not seem like it's that simple, but to God it is. For me to go through two and a half years of depression and then just surrender everything to God and him break that off of me seems difficult for me, but not for him. For Aaron to be an alcoholic for 30 some years and God to turn his life around seems impossible, he thought in his mind, but God says that's not that difficult for me. Because I'm all powerful. I can do whatever I want to do if you'll just submit to me. Nothing's impossible with him. So they dug the ditches, even though it seemed impossible that, you know, I can just see them. Maybe some of them in that group, there's always complainers everywhere, everywhere. I can just see them, oh man, we got to dig a ditch. We gotta dig some ditches around here for water, for something to actually happen and show up. You believe we gotta do this? 
But they didn't just dig a ditch. They filled the whole valley full of them and kept going and kept going. And they were digging and digging. And then verse 20, it says, Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by the way of Edom. And the land was filled with water. And God miraculously filled every ditch they dug. Not only did he give them the water that they would need to sustain life, but if you go on in this story, he gives them the victory over the Moabites as well because they sought him. And we have to choose wisely in life, in every circumstance. Any choice that leads me away from the source of life, that, that leads me away from God is not a good one. The choices that I make. And, you know, a lot of times we, it, it's easy for us to make decisions based on my own reasoning. Well, I'm going to do this because this makes sense to me. Without even asking, does this make sense to you? Is this what you'd have me do? But those choices that we sometimes make pull us away from the Lord. And Proverbs, Proverbs 14, 12 tells us, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There may be things in your life that you think, yes, this is right, this is exactly what I should do, but you have to remember that it's gotta be from him. And I think a lot of times we make choices and decisions without even consulting with God. And then we find ourselves in a bigger mess than what we had before. In Deuteronomy 8, God talks about blessing us. And I believe God wants to bless us. And then he says these words, when your heart is lifted up, this is Deuteronomy 8, 14, and you forget the Lord your God. When we're blessed and everything's going fine, the danger for some of us is, is we think we made that happen. And we fail to acknowledge that it was him that lined it all up for us. And many people, you know, when things go wrong, we want to blame God. We want to get angry with him. And again, we need to recognize that usually that's our choices that we've made that got us into trouble. And it's because we've left God out and made wrong choices. Do not forget God in the good times. Um, there's not a day that goes by that we don't need his presence in our lives. And we need the power of God in our life. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge him. In all your ways acknowledge him. That's everything. Should I yell at my wife right now? In all your ways, acknowledge him. And you'll save yourself a fat lip. I'm just kidding. She doesn't hit me all the time. All your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Stay connected to God at all times. I'm so glad for God's mercy when I make those wrong choices that I can turn back to him and get back on the right path. That he doesn't just... You know what, Rick? You've done this a bunch of times and you've messed up a bunch of times. Forget it. He will let us do our own thing. He's not going to force himself on us, but he won't turn his back on us. So if I make bad choices and I go down the wrong path, but I turn back to him, he's there with open arms. I still love you, Rick. You want to get this thing right now? Yes, I do, please, because I've messed up again. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you, and who else? Your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. My good choices affect my kids. Not good choices, my godly choices affect Jackson and Brylin. Parents, you following the path that God has for you and your family affects your kids. You not following the path that God has for your family affects your kids. Don't bring that upon them by choosing things that don't line up with what God would have for you. Choose life. Don't blame God. We got to run to him. Grab a shovel. 
It's time to dig. We may not have a, a prophet to consult or talk to, but we have this. And it doesn't do a lot of good for us if it sits on the shelf all the time. We have this. God speaks to us. Hebrews 4.12 tells us it's active and it's alive. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's full of victory. It's full of grace and truth. But we need to use it. We need to apply it. And it needs to be down deep inside of us. I believe, talking about this this morning, that God wants us to prepare our life with ditches that he can fill for us. You're like, what does that even mean? There are things that God wants to do in our life, but we need to prepare the way for him to bless and pour into us. We need to dig those ditches. Noah dug a ditch by building a boat on dry ground when it had never rained. He's digging a ditch where it never rained before. The widow of Zarephath dug a ditch when she made a little cake for the prophet. Rahab dug a ditch when she received the spies into her home. Each of them did natural things that God showed them to do. And when we do the natural, God shows up in the supernatural. You just be obedient, even when it doesn't make sense, and do the natural things that he's asked you to do, and then he shows up in the supernatural. It's a beautiful thing. God, all I did was, all I did was be obedient to what you told me to do. He's like, you're right, now watch what I do. And it's awesome when you see that played out. It's awesome when you see God work in people's lives, you see God work in your life, you see God work in a situation where you thought there is no way, but I'm gonna keep serving you, I'm gonna keep loving you, I'm gonna keep reading, I'm gonna keep praying, I'm gonna keep doing what you've called me to do, and then God changes it. And as many times as we tell ourselves, I can't believe he did that, he keeps on doing it. It's like we're shocked every time it happens. He did it again. He did it again. This morning it's time for us to dig some ditches and expect God to move. And as we seek him, as we step out in faith, as he instructs you, he'll tell me to do things that he won't tell you to do. And he'll tell you to do things that he won't tell me to do. But you need to do them. You need to dig the ditch in preparation for him to move. You can dig ditches by reading this every day. We stress this to our campers this, this week. You have to be in this. We had them doing Bible trivia packets this week. And one of our counselors was joking a little bit that that might have been the most Bible they've had in their whole lifetime. But we're wanting them to, the importance of being in the word. Train up a child in the way they should go. And the sad reality is, for myself as well, that we sometimes, we as parents aren't doing this. We're not showing our kids the way. We're not taking the time. Oh, we'll take them to do fun things. We'll sign them up for every sport there is. But when it comes to, let's take some time to be with the Lord together right now. This is the most important thing in our lives. We fail. We fail sometimes. But I can dig ditches by reading my Bible, by praying every day. I can dig ditches in my worship every Sunday. Or I can just stand there with a shovel doing nothing. I can dig ditches by tithing and giving to the church faithfully. By being involved in Orchardville Church, I can dig a ditch that way. Because what time I'm investing in, in, in volunteering and helping out paves the way for somebody else's ditch to be filled up. It's so important. I'm digging this ditch because I'm serving because I know God's going to pour out his blessing on people. We're all in this together from the time a stranger walks in the door to where they kneel at this altar. That's everybody in here is a part of that. We all have a hand in it. We all have that shovel in our hand and we're digging. Or at least we should. And I'm here to tell you this morning, and again, I know you can get discouraged by looking around and saying, oh, there's empty seats. But I'm believing they're gonna be full. I'm believing that we still need to be digging and we still need to make these ditches in preparation for God's blessing to come. 
in preparation for the people that are about to come in here. Who needs something from the Lord in your life? Still to this day, you need God to move in situations. Anybody? Then you should be digging. You should be digging and praying and seeking him and knowing that he's about to flood and send the water and send the blessing and send whatever it is in your, you need in your life. Who's got kids that are unsaved right now? Keep digging because God's not done. Keep believing that he's going to bring them back to relationship with him. Who else needs to live healed of some sickness or disease right now? Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging, expecting God to show up and move and heal. Who else needs something this morning? No one? We all do. We all should have a shovel in our hand, just like this story talks about. I don't see how it's going to happen. It seems impossible right now, but I'm going to keep digging. Everybody writes off Orchardville Church, says nothing good's ever going to happen here again, but I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to keep leading how God directs, and he's going to bring in the rain. <laughs> keep digging. Grab a shovel. If you're not doing it right now in the church, not literally, I'm not talking about, but keep digging, keep believing, keep doing what you're supposed to do. I'm a firm believer. When you stay faithful to God, he is faithful to you and he shows up in situations. I do not believe God is done with this church. I do believe I can look out here and see this place full, but it takes all of us. I can't do it on my, my own. A group of five people in here can't do it on our own. We have to do this as a family of believers and be excited and passionate again about what the Lord wants to do in this place and go tell people about it. If you're going to tell people, you're digging. You're digging. Tell them about it. And don't make it difficult. It's not difficult. You know, I think in our youth and kids, the, the first thing they'll tell you is, I'm afraid. Or I have fear when I go to witness. And it doesn't change. I think it goes all the way up until you're 95 years old. There's just a fear. What if I say the wrong thing? What if you just tell them about what God's done in your life? And that's it. You know, I, I'm praying for a different kind of boldness where I don't really care what people think. I just want to share God's love. So if that means I go up in Walmart, say, hey, brother, can I talk to you for a minute? Or wake you up if you were sleeping. <laughs> Can I talk to you? I just want to tell you, man, God has been good to me. And he's done some amazing things in my life. Um, and I just want to know, you know, is there something I can pray for you about? Because I know the goodness of God and I've seen him work in my life. And this is how I used to be. And this is who I am now. And I was just wondering if I can help you out by praying with you. That's it. Who's somebody I don't know in here? Hmm. I want to be able to just walk up to people I don't even know and just overflow with the goodness of God. And I've told you guys before, I think that's what's going to take for us to start not just seeing numbers, but seeing people grow in the spirit of God, seeing people come into relationship with God is going to take us getting out of this comfort zone and just going out and sharing love. I don't think there's going to be a vast amount of people until revival breaks out in here because people are drawn to, oh my goodness, what's happening? But until that time, and I believe that's coming too, until that time, we have to go. We have to share. We have to be excited about it. Put some feet to our faith. And talk to people. And we may not see any clouds. We might not hear any thunder. But when we start digging ditches together in a desert place where people think it's dried up, I know that God is faithful to rain down blessing, to rain down healing, to rain down deliverance for people, to rain down guidance, to rain down provision, to rain down peace where peace is needed. Whatever it is that someone needs when they walk in this place, they will receive it because we've been digging those ditches. And every ditch has some other name on it, some other thing on it that God's about to pour down blessing on. 
If you guys will stand this morning, the praise team will come back. Woo! Grab a shovel. It's time to dig. You guys would all just bow your heads for a minute as we pray together. God, I love you. And I praise you right now and I worship you. And God, this morning, as we talked about grabbing a shovel, it's time to dig. God, your hand's been upon this church from day one. And I don't believe it's left us now. And Father, I know from the outside what people are saying about your church. Not ours, it's yours. I know what some people in the inside of your church may say. But God, I I believe 100% that nothing is impossible with you. And Lord, as we seek your face, as we do what you've called us to do, as we reach, teach, and serve from an abundance of love that flows out of our heart, that God, you will bless. You will pour out blessings from heaven that we cannot contain. Lord, as we get excited and passionate about what we're doing, who we're serving, you will open doors for us to minister to people, to show love to people. From the one whose life's going great to the drug addict that's hiding in the corner of a home, you will give us opportunities to share your love. And God, I pray as a church that we are unified in this, that we are all digging these ditches together. Father, in preparation for the flood of your Holy Spirit that's going to come in this place and into our lives. This morning, Father, as we open up the altars, Father, not just for a heart that wants to dig ditches, that wants to prepare for what you have in store, Father, that's going to be the altar call this morning, that we would pick up a shovel, we'd grab that shovel, and we'd start digging those ditches because we're believing that you're bringing the rain, that you're bringing the blessing, that you're bringing the healing, and we want to be a part of that. But, Father, also to minister for your presence to manifest, your Holy Spirit to manifest in this place and touch people that need healing in their lives this morning, that need salvation, that maybe need to rededicate to you. Father, we're going to open up these altars for you to just do what you want to do and have your way in this place. So, Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit is convicting hearts. Maybe some that, Father, haven't picked up a shovel yet, that haven't started digging. Father, the ones that are tired, that have been in this for a while, Father, that have just leaned on the shovel right now instead of being digging with it. Father, I pray right now that they would pick it up again and put it in and dig and dig and dig. And we continue the work that you started, Father. And I praise you right now for all of it as we worship and magnify your name, God, and let your presence manifest manifest himself in this place and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's worship. If you have a need, you want to come up, just grab that shovel and get back to digging, expecting God to move.